everybody, welcome to Like David Project. Glad you're here again. I just wanted to, first off, we didn't have a podcast last week, if anybody noticed. Uh, we had, Matt was out of town, and we actually met to do it, but uh, there was a, a problem with the software that we used to record, and so we took a week off, and uh, we're glad to be back, and actually, uh, everybody's kind of re-energized, and it turned into a really good podcast. I hope that a lot of people listen. This would be a good one to uh, pass along and get the word out there that there is a, a podcast other than the Sunday morning sermon, which is also great to listen to, so there's lots of stuff to take with you during the week. Um, today, we talked about some politics and how God plays into that, how to be a Christian and know who to vote for and those type of things. And uh, it was actually an interesting conversation. It wasn't uh, boring by any means. It wasn't humdrum. And uh, some of the outcomes you may be surprised by uh, coming from a staff of a church. Anyway, so uh, we uh, hope you enjoy the, the podcast. And if you have any questions, as always, go to Facebook or to the Like David Project website and uh, sound off. So hope you had a good week and talk to you later. All right, so in the news, uh, there's a Reverend, Reverend Robert Jeffress from Dallas, uh, from a larger church in Dallas, uh, spoke at a Values Voters Summit in D.C. and made the comment that about Mitt Romney and it was for a, he was, he was endorsing, endorsing Rick Perry. Governor Rick Perry. And while doing so said this about Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney's a good moral person, but he's not a Christian. Mormonism is not Christianity. It has always been considered a cult by the mainstream of Christianity, said uh, Reverend Jeffress. And so that's caused a lot of controversy that's been in the news. Uh, his comments about Mormonism being a cult. Uh, and so today we could talk about can a Christian vote for a Mormon or beyond or a candidate that is not a Christian believing candidate? Should we stick to our own? Does it matter? Is it biblical? Um, that would be the, the question. Good place to start. The simple is answer is yes. yes. A Christian can vote for whoever they want. I think history would show too that just because somebody is quote a Christian, thank you. Doesn't yeah. <laughs> okay. And we can stop the recording. Yeah. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> just because somebody is, is a Christian or bills themselves as a Christian doesn't mean that that's the safe vote. And I think history shows itself in several in, in different ways. Uh, different circumstances. So uh, just on that alone, do they have to be a Christian to vote for them? I don't think that's enough just to say, well, somebody's a Christian, so I'm going to vote for them. I would also add this, just on what you're saying, in that I, I know you can look at statistics and polling data. It is politically expedient to be a Christian Yeah. in our system. It is good for you to announce that and to, to campaign saying, and God bless America, as you close every speech. It's good for you. So just for that reason alone, I don't think that you can just absolutely trust. I, I, and I may, maybe I'm being cynical in that, but I can't. I just would hesitate to trust that somebody 
is actually a, a God-fearing person, even though they, they claim it. I mean, there's no, there doesn't have to be any kind of correlation. And that's what you're saying, right? Just because someone is elected on a Christian platform, it, it does not mean that they, that either they govern that way or that, that it's a guarantee of great success. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of one individual, one political individual here in, in Arizona, um, I remember him visiting the church, um, and the only time I ever saw him there was right before election. Uh, coincidence, maybe? It came out in the media <laughs> that he, he had made his rounds to several of the large churches here in the Phoenix area. And, you know, I'm not saying that he's not a Christian. I'm not saying he doesn't live his life that way. But yes. from my perspective, that that's the only time that I see them there, that, that seems almost suspect to me. It seems like that's more of a, a political move than uh, a desire to be in the in the body of Christ and worshiping and, and be there on a regular basis, and, and that's that's almost suspect to me. Yeah, yeah. So there is a danger there in public officials who make bold declarations about about their faith. They, uh, there, it's not necessarily a guarantee. So for that reason, on what basis do you then vote? How do you choose? <laughs> I mean, is there a way to do it? And I, I, I don't answer the question because I'm not uh, being not being a citizen of the United States. I, I don't have to vote. So what I how say convenient? Is it, is it, yeah, how convenient? <laughs> I don't have to. So I don't have to give my consent because I don't vote. <laughs> God save the queen. <laughs> I was thinking maybe I just gave you free reign. Well, we're supposed to vote on the issues anyway. I mean, the whole idea of voting along party lines and all that kind of stuff. I guess there are some people that do that, but I mean, we're tackling this uh, subject this morning from the perspective of having a heart for God like David. That's what the Like David Project is all about. And so we follow our heart in all things. Uh, And voting would be a responsibility of citizenship and an opportunity for us to express our heart and our thoughts. And, And there may be times where we might identify with the words and the things that a particular person who's candidating uh, maybe saying, and maybe we vote that for that person because we're following our heart. Uh, or maybe we'll look at the issues and maybe we have kids in school or we need health insurance or we, you know, and so you just try to weigh out the uh, rhetoric and all the things that people are saying and it's it's very, very complicated and very, very difficult with the news media being the way it is, but we try to make the best decisions we can through prayer and seeking the Lord and and following our heart. So I think that that's the way we determine who it is. And it it might be you may have an identification or you may resonate with the things that a person is talking about based on the issues. And maybe they've never come out as saying, "I'm, I'm a Christian, you know, in the same way that you may not want to vote for someone who says, I'm a Christian, but they're all sideways and the wrong way on all the issues that are close to your heart. Right. And saying you're a Christian 
and, and, be, and running for government to me is the same thing as an electrician saying he's a Christian. It doesn't mean he's not going to rip me off. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes people use it as a scapegoat to, I'm going to get this business because they're going to identify with me because I have a little fish on my ad. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I've never, just because, just because someone says they're a Christian on an advertisement, it doesn't persuade my business. Um, just like politics, it doesn't persuade my voting. I've always voted for what matters to me. And I think that a lot of people are the same way. When I was in the military, I voted for whoever was pro-military and would give me a raise. Uh, because that's what mattered to me. It's the military, issue. yeah, it, that's what when it was specific to me. When I was out of the military, out of the military, things changed. So it's just whatever it, it speaks to me, though. So. I think we have to to look at a little bit deeper than than just the surface. Is he a Christian? Is he not a Christian? I I agree with with you, James. We've got to look at the issues of the day. Um, I, I think that Scripture shows that we're supposed to have an impact in the world. Um, a life for God is supposed to impact those around us, um, our communities. Um, Jesus said we're to go forth and make disciples of all the nations. So it moves out of our own, our own area out into all the world. And, and we, we do that through missions of different types. We see that throughout the, the evangelical community. Um, and I don't think that politics is really an area that's separate from that. I, I think it's an area where we can impact uh, our nation. I think it's an area where we can... Um, Influence have some influence in the virtues and, and the priorities with which our, our nation is governed. Um, all that being said, I, I think it becomes important not to just look at Christian, not Christian, to somebody say they're a Christian. I think it, it, we have to begin to look at, okay, one, what are the issues that we're facing today? And two, if we really take a look at this candidate, uh, what does he stand for? What are the values he stands for that he believes in that we can identify in what he's already done? Um, and is that going to be something that, that's going to bring a message that as a Christian community we can get behind, that we can support, that we can feel confident in, that if we stand behind this candidate, um, we, for myself, I can lay my head down on the pillow at night and not feel like I'm, I'm necessarily... Um, prostituting my Christian values just to get what I might want to see financially or politically done or to be in the mainstream or taking the easy route. Um, I I don't think it's an easy thing here. I think there's a lot of things to consider. Um, And all of that, I think, puts us, puts myself as a Christian, it puts a responsibility on me. It's really not up to that candidate to tell me what I want to hear and me just to get on the bandwagon and feel like a good Christian because I'm doing something that we talked about before. Uh, Christian Christianity coming out and looking like the rest of the world. We're all, I'm jumping on what is being offered now because it looks good. But it puts the responsibility on me to begin to look below the surface and make some very, very solid decisions. Um, and then if I can get behind something, to truly get behind it in a way that has substance. Jesus, I remember Jesus' warning to his disciples, and I think it applies to politics very well when he said, I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. <laughs> so, yeah. so be as, as wise as serpents, but as innocent as doves. And yeah. and I, that goes for any dealings that you have in the political arena, because 
we all have heard the stories mm -hmm. of how things are manipulated. And whether they're true or not, there is something that happens behind closed doors that, that not everybody is, is aware of. So, you, uh, and Eric, your recommendation there of looking at history or what someone stands for it also reminds me of a tree will be known by its fruit. And that's, that's a good way to assess who to support and who, to, who not to support. Yeah. Um, not what they say that might be that that might serve them well on the campaign trail not some empty promise that they know they can't even keep once they get in office even if they wanted to yeah. but what how does someone conduct themselves what what have they proven themselves to stand for yeah. and and so yes if that aligns with what you believe if those are the things that are important to you get behind that person so there's yeah. we are the people are the power in our system and so uninformed people don't do the system any good yeah. in that regard there's a couple principles that we can put into play when you're sort of evaluating maybe a candidate or what somebody's saying first one I quote Julian Walsh times a revelator yeah. <laughs> that's a great revelator you know time reveals things and you can see over a period of time, you know, how people have voted or where they've stood on things. It's easy with the internet now to Google search people and find out all kinds of stuff. Uh, the second one is, uh, I've always realized that if you listen to a person talk, it only takes me about four or five minutes to figure out really where they're coming from. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And... If you just listen to a person talk, you can find out kind of where they're coming from. And so I try to listen to what people are saying, not the sound bites mm -hmm. that are put up on different news networks that have their own spins and own slants because you almost can't trust anything that you're seeing on TV anymore because they're going for the sensational and they're going for the, you know, whatever they think can create some kind of hype. But uh, maybe reading what people have written or uh, actually find out what they've actually said in context of the whole conversation, you know, if you want to delve into it. And that's a way to uh, find out where people stand on issues. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have a, I have a thought. And you guys can tell me if, if you want to answer this. But <laughs> uh, there is definitely in... Right-wing evangelicalism, there is an alignment with the conservative and Republican Party. And in left-wing liberalism, there is an alignment to the Democrat Party. Right now, the political system is so divisive and so ineffective. I would challenge any Christian to think, why, why align yourself with one group or the other when it's not doesn't do any good at all? Whoever screams loudest and longest seems to win. And on that basis, it does, doesn't seem to be working right now. So uh, here's my thought. Can we name something that we think both parties do or stand for that, that is in alignment with Christian values, rather than being negative? But like, what do Republicans stand for that lines up with some values of the kingdom? What do the Democrats stand for that lines up with some values for the kingdom? Because I think there's a challenge there. Some people won't even want to accept that the other party could be Christian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. I keep I thinking back to our discussion <laughs> at, at Starbucks. Um, 
and I identified something yesterday as we talked through and, and kind of thought about some of these things. When I look at the Republican Party, um, and, and historically, I have been for the Republican Party. Um, as changes have happened there and happened in the Democrats now, as I shared with you mm -hmm. yesterday, my wife and I have both come more to an independent position. Um, and in doing so, I think we've both kind of identified some things we see over here that we like and some things we see over here. And we've really identified the things that we look for um, rather than just party affiliation. But I, I think in the Republican Party, um, one thing that they have that is good is they seem to understand and they show it through business is the principle of, of sowing seed and developing a harvest. They're very good at that. They get behind the businesses of America. They get behind the concept of, of helping somebody to start a business that's going to generate jobs, that's going to generate income that can help the country. Um, do they do that to the extreme and have they forsaken some other things? I believe so. And I think the Democratic Party has picked up on that and has kind of gone to the extreme on the other side. And that is the social responsibilities. That within our society, we have social responsibilities. There are those who need help. The Republicans would say, well, we make our money. Don't tell us where to spend it. And the Democrats are coming out saying, well, you at the extreme, well, you have an obligation to give your money over here. And I, I, I think they're two extremes. And put together, there could be a very... Uh, productive thing that's done in our country and, and in the world. And that is understanding that there's a group of people that God's going to use in that way to develop the resources and build the pipelines and get those resources out there. And then there's people that God is going to gift through uh, mercies and grace and, and, and uh, all of these types of social giftings, if you will, mm -hmm. that are going to know how to go out and identify those people and really appropriate um, uh, those resources that God brings. And, and, and there's a balance in there somewhere. Yeah. The trick is to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Investment in the future on one hand and concern for others on the other. That's good. Anybody else have any thoughts? What What do you see positive out of both, either party or both parties, really? That's what we're looking for. Is there anything? It's just, I know that I was listening to the radio this morning <clears throat> Calvert on ESPN he said almost the same thing he was talking about politics and he said I believe what a lot of people or in my circles believe is my money is right but my social is left and he's like I'm very independent it was, I just thought it was ironic that you pretty much nailed the same thing that I was listening to earlier but I, when I heard him speak it I was kind of like I can identify with that that's kind of yeah. and so another thing somebody else told me and I know this is just a cliche statement but Jesus wasn't a Republican Jesus wasn't a Democrat and so ever since somebody I, and I learned a lesson based on that statement and ever since then I've been kind of independent myself so <laughs> yeah 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 and I would say that the Republican Party I think it I think it does stand for some freedom and liberty which is a Christian concept but I think that the welfare, the justice, the social justice expressed by better expressed better by the Democrats is def is also a Christian concept. For that reason, that's why I struggle with saying, well, a Christian should vote for one party or the other, because yeah. neither party can accurately reflect the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's, it's just not possible with the 
you know, because it's corrupted by sinful natures of people. So. Isn't that what kind of the whole protest going on right now is about? The Wall Street, what is it? The Occupy Wall Street Occupy. versus the Tea Party. Yeah. It's, but I was looking into it because I really, I don't know if you looked into it at all, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's kind of hard to follow just because they are a bunch of people that stand for different things. And it's basically just, we don't like the way things are. Exactly. So it doesn't identify with one party, it identifies with no party. If, Except that, that Occupy Wall Street is being pushed as more of the left-wing alternative to the Tea Party. The right-wing Tea Party. The right-wing Tea exactly. Party. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I didn't really know a whole lot about it, but... But what's interesting, I actually did a little quiz. It was on the BBC News website. It was a quiz of the week, and they had seven quotes spoken by members of either the Occupy Wall Street movement or the Tea Party movement. And the point was, can you identify which party, which group said this? And I got three out of seven right. (laughs) And their point was, was exactly that. That actually, if you remove some of the political rhetoric, they are very, very similar in their approach. And they're essentially what John said. Both groups are saying things aren't working right. They're not going right. And we need to do something different. Yeah. Their their final solution might be completely different, yeah. but the the truth is it's a it's an outcry from from people just saying things aren't aren't going correctly, yeah. and our political system isn't fixing it. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows how difficult and how complicated everything really is. You know what is what are the biblical biblical mandates for us as Christians? We're to pray for those that are over us. You know, yeah. and. Uh, to lift, you know, we know that government is a uh, biblical concept. You know, there are three different realms of government. There's family government, there's church government, and then there's, you know, the the, the state government. And uh, each one requires different responsibilities to that. Uh, when they were asking Jesus, how, do, how the heck do we pay? We're following you. How do we pay our taxes? And it's like, well, you need to render under Caesar, under Caesar what's Caesar's. So if you need to just go out and catch a fish and then look in his mouth and there's what you need to pay your taxes. And so we, there are responsibilities that we have to support financially and to pray for uh, those that are over us and to obey the laws of the land. And if my people, you know, which are called by my name, my name will humble themselves and pray, then, you know, I will hear from heaven and I will... I will heal, heal their land. Uh, so there are responsibilities for us. And I think that if we separate, if we look at what the news is saying, it's also complicated. And it's like, I can't even figure out, is this a Tea Party thing? Or is this a Occupy Wall Street thing? You know? <laughs> is this a Republican thing or a Democrat thing? It's really hard to distinguish that. But if, again, we come back to having a heart for God and we follow our hearts and we know what the Bible says for us, what our responsibilities as a Christian are in this world, knowing that the Bible speaks to every area of life, then we're going to know what to do. When it, even when it comes election time, we'll know what to do. Yeah. Well, coming back to this, to this comment that was made in, in regard to Romney, I, I don't even think the, the comment factors in, are we talking Democrat or Republican at this point? I think it's almost synonymous that he's going to be affiliated with the Republican Party because he's pushing Christianity. He, Mormonism is Christianity as a ticket driver. 
And so he's almost going to be associated with the Republican Party. Um, I don't think that really is the issue so much here, as I think really the concern that, that is shown here is, and maybe this is the, the real question for Christians uh, in some cases, is can I get behind, not a Republican or a Democrat, but can I get behind another religion and vote for that and feel confident that in their core beliefs, he's going to lead our country in a way that I think it's important we go. And it almost pushes aside the Republican and Democratic Party, I think at least in this instance. He actually, the, the pastor from Dallas that spoke said that, that while he would not vote for Romney in the primaries, if Romney was the Republican candidate, he would hold his nose and vote for him for president. Which I thought was an interesting, interesting comment. backhanded compliment. There. Yeah. yeah, way to give glory to God. You know? So that that that, wow. but it does show his his political uh, leanings yeah. there, and that that's that is important to him. Yeah. Can a Christian get behind someone who's not a Christian? I think if they, yeah. here's what I I would say to that, and I think that it needs explanation, but but I think it's important. It doesn't matter to me whether the president is a Christian or not. It shouldn't matter to me whether we're a Christian nation or not. Look at the people in, in Egypt right now. Would they wish that they had a Christian leadership right now when the church is being attacked violently um, by, by Islamic extremists? I bet they wish they had a little more political support. But here's a lesson I learned from that. It doesn't change their beliefs, and it doesn't change what they stand for, and they will go to the extreme of, of standing up against violence and threats to their very lives and danger for the sake of remaining firm in their beliefs. So to that extent, it doesn't matter to me whether we are in a Christian nation or not. It doesn't matter to me whether our, our, our president was a Christian or not. It doesn't matter to me. I know I'm going to offend somebody by saying this. It doesn't matter to me whether prayer is allowed in schools or not. It doesn't stop me and my kids yeah. from praying when they're in school yeah. and praying for the people around them. Yeah. Because my government is not going to either dictate to me how I act as a Christian, nor am I going to wait for my government to endorse my Christianity to give me the freedom to act like a Christian. Yeah. My allegiance is not of this world, it's to the kingdom of heaven. And I, I hold that to be of paramount importance in my life. Yeah. So it's not going to affect me which country I reside, which government I'm under. I would act like a Christian because I'm a Christian. Yeah. Did I cover myself? Okay, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> that's yeah, with it. that being said, is it, You're gonna is it acceptable <laughs> to voice, as a Christian, I think, to, to voice those opinions and concerns? And, and I would say... Yes. Maybe, maybe not necessarily with with a Romney. Um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, uh, controversy or threat that that has been shown from from the Mormon religion to us per se. But what if this was, and we saw a little bit of this with Obama in his election. Uh, what if this person uh, was Islam? What if this candidate was Islam? and could be tied directly to the Islam religion, and was a follower of Islam. And we know that that uh, uh, clashes almost completely with Christianity. Um, I mean, the very split we see back in Old Testament times led to Christianity and Islam. 
um, through the birth of two children and the splitting up of, of a family. And, and these two nations, if you will, were, were birthed and have grown. So in that case, now does it become important for Christians to stand up and say, I will not vote for this other religion? You know, at, at what point do the Christians stand up and say, this is in contrast to what I believe. I cannot, not only can I not get behind it, but I need to speak out against this. I think at that point, I think the answer, the simple answer is at that point. At that point where our conscience is violated or we sense something, you know, and it's like on that, uh, that line of uh, that continuum out there, you know, Mitt Romney might fit here and some Islam cat might fit over here. And people are gonna, uh, people are gonna pick their place that they're, there's my bottom line right here, but here's my bottom line here. Like this pastor in the news yeah, is he saying, his line. he's saying, yeah. my line is right here. Uh, if I have to, I'll hold my nose and, and vote for <laughs> Mitt Romney. There may be other people who may say, you know what? The guy's a moral. I know that he lines up with me morality wise and, you know, uh, you know, his family, he's a family man, and those are the things that are important to me. And so I don't draw that line, and I would I'd be happy and fine voting with him. There may be that person who's on that line, but when it comes to Muhammad, whatever, you know, <laughs> no, I won't be catching a vote for him, you know. But I would go so far as to say our Constitution would not preclude him from running a Muslim yeah. candidate. Right. And on that basis... I would not draw the line and say he can't even represent, yeah. you know, and there, so you have to, even with that, you have to be, yeah. you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, but, but I think, I think every person has a line. So is it wrong for this pastor to say something like that? Absolutely not. <clears throat> I don't, I don't, I don't. In fact, I wouldn't even disagree with the things that he said. I think he, there is an element of, you know, from the outside, I could say maybe there's a different way of saying it or a different venue or something like that. But I don't necessarily disagree with it. He feels that his, his uh, conscience was, was pricked to, to say something. And to go against your conscience would be sinful in that, in that regard, if you feel strongly about something. So yes, I should back up what I said about prayer in schools, for example. Is it right for a Christian to pro protest and complain? Of course. That's how things get done in America. Yeah. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. So yeah, there's a, you know, there is, there is a, 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 a justification for taking a stand against those things. Whoever's conscience is moved with, to take a stand upon that, they should take a stand upon it. I, I do agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I just my approach is let's get the different. let's get the the cart behind the horse. Yeah. <laughs> let's make yeah. sure let's yeah. make sure that yeah we understand we have perspective um, on these things and a kingdom perspective yeah. on these things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, and figure out what we're even uh, standing behind. You know, I um, I, I'm sure that. Again, while I don't disagree with, with what he said and his right to say it, I, I would definitely disagree with, with how he put it out there. Um, I think there's a lot of, of Christian people out there that just hear the word Mormon and are going to fall and soothe, um, and really not even understanding a lot of, of what Mormon religion is or stands for or what potential threat or what absence of threat there would be by allowing Romney to, to come into the office. 
uh, of president of the United States. So uh, I, I agree. Yeah, it, it, you have the right to do it. But before you do, let, make sure you have the right information. Make sure you know what you're getting behind or not getting behind. And, and you can speak about that and have an understanding um, so that if you are questioned, if somebody does ask you, hey, why are you standing for this candidate or why are you not, you can answer uh, with some level of intelligence uh, and, and know that you're passing on good information and not just rhetoric or kind of regurgitating what you may have heard in the sound bites that you talked about earlier, James. Uh, so many people live by sound bites today in the news. And comes back to just, are we Christian thinkers? You know, yeah. uh, you know, what, what are we, why are we doing this? And there's a lot of saber rattling out there, you know, and because of that, the sound of it, you know, through Facebook and email messages and stuff. I, you know, I get emails and Facebook posts and stuff by people that I love and people that I respect and people that I have known for a long time. And sometimes I just think you're, you're, you know, you're putting that out there and you're wanting to create some kind of drive with this information you're putting out there. Do you honestly really believe that, you know, just the craziness that goes on out there and, and do I stop and say, well, how do I feel about that? Rather than just, well, this is the popular belief, so I'm going to go with that. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the chain I've, uh, mail I've received. Yeah. And, I, and I know that if you don't consider the source, you can get into all kinds of trouble. Yeah. And on what basis is something being said and, and passed around? And is it, is it an accurate statement? I mean... Standards in journalism have fallen. Let's be frank about yeah, that. Yeah. That they, you know, in the rush to get the next big headline, things will be published before they're verified, yeah. which never used to happen in the old days of journalism. Yeah. You used to have, you know, two or three corroborating yeah. uh, reports or witnesses. These days, there's an urge to get information out. So we should hesitate to believe the first thing that we hear yeah. for that reason. And I hear you say it, I hear you use the term a lot, um, James, and, and I really appreciate it. You use the term independent thinkers. People, we need to be independent thinkers. Um, and, you know, I, I truly believe when I think about that, if we had a nation of independent thinkers, we probably wouldn't even have a lot of the discussions we have and a lot of the debates and controversies we have in times like right now when you're coming into presidential races, there wouldn't be place for all the rhetoric. I, I really believe there wouldn't. If people could sit down or would sit down and independently evaluate uh, their own beliefs and how they're going to apply that through their vote and just do it. And, and I think that the people that we ended up with in office um, might be a quality that, that as a country we could all live with a little bit easier. And I, I truly believe that. I think the candidates could very well be independent thinkers. There could be a lot of independent thinkers out there, but society and the general stereotypes, that's why we're talking about religion. Because yeah. if you identify a religion with a person, in most people's minds, they've already made out all the decisions you're going to make. Yeah. You know, so, And that's whether they agree with them or not. You know, And so it, that would be a perfect world to be in. And we should be independent thinkers, but I think when society moves in droves, we tend to stereotype or make decisions in big groups. Yeah. Um, hey, so also, can I, can I just make just a slight little correction that, since I'm being quoted? The term I use is Christian thinkers, which might be different than independent thinkers. It could be the same thing. I'm thinking independently. I'm not just 
following the crowd. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but also when I say Christian thinker, it was a term that I learned a long time ago from a principal of a Christian school that we had our kids in. And one of the things he said is, we're training our kids to be Christian thinkers. And that stuck with Elizabeth and I. And we, so we tried to raise our kids to be Christian thinkers, which ended up being independent thinkers. So it's kind of the mm-hmm. same thing, but I just want, it's a nuance, but I, since we're using the terms independent a good thinker, <laughs> I, want, I want to make sure that I'm saying, not just thinking independently, but thinking independently from a Christian perspective. And when I say Christian perspective, I'm meaning, of course, what the Word of God says, because I truly believe that the Word of God speaks to every area of life. On that note, I would like to defend this pastor that we keep referring to, because I heard him explain his statements, and he said, from a theological perspective, Mormonism does not believe the same that a Christian believes about the nature of the person of Jesus Christ. For that reason, in Christianity, we would use the term cult to describe their faith. I agree with that perspective 100%. That Mormonism, they, they don't, when they use the name Jesus Christ, they're not thinking of the same Jesus Christ that we believe in. And so there is a difference between Christianity and Mormonism. And they, there is a confusion because the language is similar. But there are differences if you understand what is meant by them. So for that reason, I would say that, okay, if you explain to me, Pastor Jeffress from Dallas, if you explain to me that from a theological perspective, you would use a term cult. The problem is that he was not preaching on a Sunday morning and he wasn't teaching a theology class. He was at a political rally endorsing a a political candidate and the term evoked in people's minds the image of Waco, Texas, of Jim Jones, and of the death and suicide cults that have gotten a lot of notoriety. And so when he said the word meaning one thing, everybody else read it completely differently. It's almost like he just didn't recognize the audience that he was speaking to. And had he maybe taken the pains to explain that, they wouldn't have got a nice soundbite to use against him. But on that basis, we would say, yeah, there's a difference between Mormonism and Christianity. There is. That's a good point. And so you have to be able to think through those things just as he, as he did. And if he, so I would support his statement, but with the right understanding, with the right, with the right understanding of the words that were being used. I, yeah. yeah. And it might come to the place that you know, push came to show and we actually sat down and started defining terms. It might be that maybe you wouldn't agree with the guy theologically, but if you sat and talked with me, you might really agree with him politically. Yeah. You know, or voting or, or issue yeah. ethically or something. Yeah. yeah, he might make good decisions even if they're not from the same perspective. Yeah. yeah. So if you're one of those people that just, you know, arbitrarily on that we were talking about that line, that continuum out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my my point of no crossing, my no crossing zone based on who's shouting the loudest and the longest. Uh, or is it based on my independent Christian thinking where I'm, I'm deciding for myself what I'm, what I'm going to do? Yeah. Yeah. When you're asking about the Islam candidate, would you vote for... Should uh, be Muslim. Muslim. Or Muslim. Muslim, Muslim candidate. Muslim, Muslim mm-hmm. candidate. And in my head, I'm thinking, what if that guy could fix the economy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah what if he had the there, solution me, the plan my, yeah in my head there's so much 
big issues going on right now with economy and the financial debt this country's in. Sometimes worrying whether somebody's a Mormon or not seems kind of juvenile. Well, it, I, I mean, that opens that question opens a whole different can of worms, and I want to be right. I, I'm not implying something here. I hope there's not too much read into it. But as soon as you said that, I, I think about when when we look at the end times and when it talks about the Antichrist coming, and one of the things we're to look for is there will be that leader who becomes the world leader who can answer all of the problems and bring <laughs> peace and harmony into the world. And I think just on, and I'm not saying, okay, we're, we're coming from the Muslim side. That's not where it's coming from. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that, that question makes me think, wow, where do I draw the line between my Christian values and the, uh, um, issues of the day and how those get settled? Where am I willing to make my compromises and draw and draw those, those lines and boundaries? Isn't part of the lesson of, of that story in Revelation that we can all be deceived if we don't, if we're not aware, if we don't think for ourselves, we can all be yeah. deceived. Yeah. And it's a good thing that narrow Caesar is from God, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something more behind that. I'd like to hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I do like your idea, John, though, that uh, what if he could fix the economy? You know, see, again, that's going back to what are the issues, man? I mean, what are the, you know, uh, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, our current president was elected because he was like, people were resonating with what he was saying about the issues. And, of course, everybody's trying to race with the right answer for the issues, and it's hard to distinguish you know, the nuance of, well, they, they both believe that we should fix the economy. You know, everybody believes that we ought to help people who can't afford health care. And, you know, it, yeah. Yeah. But it's really hard to figure it out, you know. I, I have uh, a thought on, on the last election because I think that both Obama and McCain stood for change. Mm -hmm. And I think they both expressed it in their campaigns. And I think it was very clear whoever got elected was going to do their best to change the yeah. way things were being done. Yeah. But I, my thought is that McCain did not represent change yeah. because he was older, for one thing. Yeah. He was part of the establishment. Every, he'd been there before. And Barack Obama represented change. It's like his persona identified with change. And I think for that reason, yeah. there was a resonance with people because yeah. he did get elected. I mean, it wasn't yeah. just... Mm -hmm. it, and it was by the popular vote as well. Yeah. You know, more people voted for him. Yeah. And I think it's because there was an element of, hey, what, how he looks and what he stands for kind of is in line with what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. Whereas with McCain, it's like he was saying all the right things, but they didn't, maybe it wasn't yeah. trusted as much that he would be different. Yeah. Because he was such a major part. Of the yeah. establishment. And it was more by by contrast. Yeah. Well, plus Barack Obama was not George W. Bush. That gave him yeah. a big head start. But there was such a <laughs> contrast in the in the candidates. And I, I don't mean that to say anything about it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, that was a major motivation for a lot of people. Yeah. But because of the, the difference in the candidates, there was something that seemed to, yeah. to resonate. The other big lesson out of that was, even though both of them stood really, really strongly for change... Either one of them could have been been uh, 
uh, you know, put in office, could have won the election, and tried really, really hard to change and found out... The system doesn't work? <laughs> yeah, that... It doesn't matter who put in. There's not going to be any big change. It doesn't <laughs> right. matter who the president is. There, there will be no big change depending on who you put in that position. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like if you really thought Obama was going to be able to make that change, believed it with all your heart, and now you look at what he has had to put up with, and there has not been change. We do not have national health care yet. You know, we're still embroiled in Afghanistan and in other parts of the world. As much as we thought there was going to be change and found out that, wow, the president really doesn't change a whole lot. No, his, his, yeah. his power yeah. uh, comes in, in his or her ability to influence, yeah. during influence, especially in the Congress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how can we influence these two parties yeah. And, and get everybody on one page moving together to bring this change. Yeah. If, if they're not an effective leader in yeah. that sense, yeah. there's no, it doesn't matter what they say on the platform, there's no change coming. And they're, yeah. they're working against a huge divide yeah. right now. Yeah. A huge divide. And, if, and you know what? If we had uh, uh, elected uh, Senator John McCain, he would be up against the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't have to do with leadership skills or anything. It's just like the system is so stacked that it's just not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, but it's true. It's, yeah. All this pain, I wonder if I'll ever find my way. I wonder if my life could really change.
you.